You're listening to Faith and Fostering, the podcast where people of faith chat about foster care in the Australian context to encourage, edify and educate others along the journey. Welcome back to Faith and Fostering. It's great to have you with us again today. This is part two of a two-part episode. So if you haven't heard last week's episode, then I suggest you go back and have a listen to it as that's going to set you up for the discussion that's about to start. For those of you who have, let's launch in with part two of this interview. Welcome back to Faith and Fostering. We have the lovely Jenny with us and we're just, you know, we're putting Jenny through the ringer a little bit, digging up (laughs) lots of things and I think that is part of the foster care journey. We all have um, stories and feelings and emotions and memories and that is part of what Uh, this podcast is about helping remind us that we're not alone in these journeys and this is a hard space Um, but like I was saying to Jen while we're talking about hard things I think we get to talk about it in the hope with that that essence of hope of who God is and why we can do hard things and how he leads us through them so Jenny thank you for sticking in (laughs) on the journey but tell us a little bit more um, about your daughter. Tell us a bit more. So you've you've gone through those scary moments of thinking, wow, this might all not work out how we're hoping. And then how did it come together and how has it gone from there? Mm. So, yeah, so it's a wonderful, wonderful joy to have. Um, when I think about her adoption, there's another whole side story that <laughs> that happened at the same time with that, which um, I suppose is not unusual with foster care. So there's often extra health challenges that we we face with our kids and we don't know um, a lot of their genetic history and background or we don't know, um, you know, family, family medical issues often. And we were faced with... In when she was in kindergarten, we found out that she had a brain tumor, which was um, yeah a really a really big thing to hear and a hard thing to hear. And we at the hospital we were told that to your life is going to change from now on. We had to go down to Sydney, and she needed um, surgery as soon as possible. So. We ended up down in Sydney for three months together, my husband and I, and we stayed down there. My husband had a flexible job to be able to take some time off, and so we spent that um, time together, which was, yeah, like nothing else. (laughs) I think it bonded us in a way that um, nothing else would have bonded us, I think, for... Um, kids in foster care, we all know how many um, struggles they have in with relationships and bonding and some of those challenges that they have. And a situation like this, while it was like incredibly hard, it bonded us together as a family in just such a special way. The um, memories of that time, although extremely difficult, were um were special and remember the the presence of God so much during all those times again in the hard times when God draws 
draws near and our church family was very incredibly supportive as well during that time. And why I'm mentioning that now is because it was like through had just had her uh, second operation and the um, adoption case was happening at the same time. So while we were down in hospital, my husband Pete had to go to court um, regarding adoption. So in the midst of all this crazy time together, that was happening as well. But we were in we we're in hospital um, at the time when we heard the news that uh, we were successful and that was uh, now officially our daughter and that we were um, we'd adopted her. So such an amazing, you know, you just think, oh, what what sort of timing is all this? And only yeah. God knows that. But it was yeah a very very joyous day for us to. Um, have come through all that with our daughter and um, to, yeah, to know that she is our daughter forever. So, yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. And, you know, we've had the joy of hearing some of her story from her perspective and I just love, um, I don't know if confidence is the right word, but she just has this real sense of, well, this is my story and being able to tell it and articulate it from such a young age and um, and use it, I think, too, to encourage others and to just give God glory. She's, yeah, she's a wonder. She, uh, she has. And it's been, it's been incredible. She's been such a testimony to uh, Christians around her. She, um, like there are so so many instances when we were in hospital where she pointed us to God. Um, I remember one time where she woke up singing one of Colin Buchanan's story about my God is so big and so wonderful. And, yeah. you know, at the time it was just what I needed to hear. Um, yeah. And, you know, like sometime, what was it, six, six to 12 months after she was adopted, the people at our church were getting baptised and um, she said she wanted to get baptised. And we were, well, she hadn't been ever baptised before and she, none of, no children were getting baptised and they sort of hadn't really done that, really pushed that at our church at all. Um, But she kept on telling me that she wanted to get baptised and we you know, we started down that journey. Oh, should she get baptized? Should she not? She's she's nine. Um, but yeah. she was just adamant. She believes God and she should be baptized. So she got baptized. Mm-hmm. She know she knows who God is and she has yeah. trusted in him. She'll often say she's had she's had three chances at life <laughs> that God's given her three wow. chances at life. She was she nearly died when she was a baby from a heart condition and then she um, nearly died from the brain tumour and, yeah, and she's just so happy to then be with us as well. So she's had um, God's been really active in her life and she's very aware of that too. So all the this these journeys have been so, so impactful for her as well as a, a nine-year-old yeah yeah you can see that she definitely yeah is very clear I think on some things that people wrestle with well into later life and has this beautiful clarity 
on some of those really important things in life. So that's beautiful. And yeah, credit to you and a credit to the Lord, how he's, yeah, led through all that. So good. And then, I mean, obviously once you, I mean, that's a big enough story in itself, but then even while you're doing that, Jenny, my goodness, you guys are incredible. Yeah, you're, you're still leaning in and helping others and going through more stories of children coming and going. Um, I know that loves children. She is, you know, she comes from a big family and, um, yeah, there's been, she's just got an incredible community around her within your family of church people and friends. And how has she found continuing on the journey with you guys um, of still continuing to foster and saying hello and goodbye and all the hard that comes with that? She she is the biggest uh, driving factor in our family <laughs> to keep fostering. <laughs> She keeps oh, asking, amazing. keeps asking, and even though she has had to say goodbye to many children and um, be upset by that as well, she wants us to bring more in. <laughs> so <laughs> she's continually um, saying it to us, can we get some more kids, can we foster, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. oh, she is a treasure. So, yeah, how, I mean, I guess one of the questions that I did have um, was what are some of the challenges for you that you've kind of gone through? Um, so, you know, that only happens over time because they're not always sort of the things up front. Often it's up front, it's, yeah, kind of overcoming fear when we're in situations we don't know that are what we're going to do um, with children. But over time it becomes often about, yeah, much more struggles with agency and the agencies, what they are saying is going to happen and then what doesn't happen. And how how has that affected kind of, I guess, you guys moving forward and how have you been able to let go of some of those huge frustrations and and um and just challenges yeah um yes we have had yeah quite a few challenges uh around working with our agency um there's been yeah there's probably i mean we we realize we're working with a broken system and system that is um underfunded and they have a high turnover of staff, so we have a lot of staff come and go. It's a stressful environment for people working in that industry. And so there's a lot of – we have to deal with a lot of things that are broken in the agency. Yeah. And that's been hard because I think you go in with fostering thinking – Oh, at least we'll have the support and the um, help from the agency, you know, but it just doesn't always happen like that and um, not, often not any one person's fault but it's, a yeah. you know, the sign of a system and, a um, yeah, a world that is broken and we have, yeah, we have really struggled at different times. We've had some some issues happen that we've had to take to the top at, of the agency because they've been, we have felt they've been very bad decisions that they've made for the kids and that have affected yeah. um, affected us as a family. And 
we have had to, yeah, have had to advocate for, um, I suppose you're advocating for kids in general when yeah. you're uh, doing what you believe in and what should happen for these kids. So sometimes you really have to stick up for the, the kids and advocate for them. Yeah. And what encouragement or advice would you give to someone who's having struggles with their agency? What are some of the things that you found worked in your communication or in the decisions that you made that helped the situation? I think um, keeping records as much as possible (coughs) is um, really important. Doing a lot of communication by email I think is really good as well because then there's records of what communication has happened and what has um, transpired, especially when caseworkers change. Yes. I think it's really good to have that uh, that trail, email trail. I think as much as you can remain calm <laughs> and think logically, that will definitely um, – yeah, will help the whole situation. Yeah, I have found that there's been times where um, I've written out exactly what I want to say and then I've just kept it, like I've filed it somewhere or and then the next morning I've woken up and I thought, okay, this is what I'm going to say. But, yeah, at least honouring, oh, goodness, I just need to get out all the, yeah, all the things that I want to say and it's legitimate because there is a lot but not always, yeah, holding fire, like you say, waiting till you're calm and logical. Yeah, yeah, and I, look, I've done the same in that I've written an email that I'm of what I'd like to say <laughs> and then yeah. I sit on it and then pull out the all the emotional um, words and try and make it more about facts and what's transpired rather than yeah, how it's affecting nice. me. Although I think it's still important for them for our agencies to know the impact of their mm-hmm. decisions because sometimes I don't think they always realise how, how how important their decisions are in that it can yeah. change families. We had um, a situation where, again, we were expecting a placement to be long-term and all of a sudden there was seemed to be a change in the way that they were going about the placement and there wasn't there was a wasn't good communication and mm-hmm. there was a switch in their focus they they started wanting to restore these children without telling us in essence yeah. so mm-hmm. it was um Again, it was a, a probably a whole mix of different caseworkers being involved and not communicating well, and um, putting the the birth family in the mix as well. Things can get messy, but it ended up being a, a really harmful situation for us in that we were trying to build long term relationships with these kids while the agency was trying to restore the kids to the family, and so. When, when we finally found out that they were planning to restore the children to the family, it was, it was really hard because we spent the whole time for, uh, communicating with them that something's not right, they're not behaving the right way towards these kids. If it's going to be a long-term placement, you need to reduce 
contact with family so that they can bond with us. And so when it came to the end of it, it was, um, yeah, it was just a, it was a mess. It was quite a mess. And we, that was the situation we did take to the top because we felt that they needed to understand how much that affected us as a family and and these kids yeah. i think that's what yes. was even worse in this situation is that these kids believed that they were going to be with us and stay with us we were telling them that and then the tides changed suddenly and um yeah it was yeah. it affected everybody and it was something that they needed to at least acknowledge and do differently next time so yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, yes, we know things change, but if you communicate that openly and honestly, it just makes it better for everybody totally. navigating all the things that you're going through. So to, yeah, to actually, um, I mean, we're not saying that they were actively misleading you, but to not be honest and upfront as in all the ways that they could have, like you say, it just makes it more difficult for everybody because you're thinking you're going in this direction and then it's, yeah, it's a completely different space that they're actually going to which you would think they would know um in part and at times and so those definitely are the challenges and I think that's why foster care again it's not just the challenges of the children it's all the moving parts that you are yeah um kind of juggling and thinking about and that's pulling you to and fro and I think definitely um being able to have a community of people around you that know some of what that entails makes a massive difference to be able to process and share and um, because there are some people that just have, yeah, they don't have any understanding because they haven't walked and lived in that space. Have you ever thought about, oh, it would be good to see somebody um, like a counsellor or someone that can also help you unpack some of those things? Um, yes, I have seen a counsellor. Um, yeah. In the first few years we were fostering, I uh, did see a counsellor to try and talk through some of these issues. I think because my heart's desire was to build a family, it was such a um, a strong motivation for me. And mm-hmm. so when placements kept breaking down for all different reasons or ending, not always breaking down. It was emotionally very impactful for me and, yeah, I needed needed some help to sort of navigate some of that. Yeah, and we do, and I think it's such a valuable resource to be able to tap into and I think there's lots of carers out there that, yeah, have benefited from that and, and we can encourage each other. That's something that's really healthy. It's a healthy, good choice to be able to reach out and mm. say, hey, I need some help getting through this. Look, um, I think because there's there's so much um, so much grief and can be can be hurt and, and anger and a lot yeah. of different emotions involved. It's um, something that we need to keep on trying to process. Otherwise we continue to carry them on to each placement. And I know I have met some some foster carers who are continuing to to foster but they've closed off somewhat to the kids you know Mm -hmm. it hasn't 
they have closed their hearts off. And I can totally understand how that can happen because, you know, continuing to go into situations where you might be hurt um, is is hard and we all want to protect our our hearts. But I think as Christians it's one thing that we we can do with God he, he, as he loves us and continues to love us. Um, that can allow us to continue to love with an open heart. Mm, and I think that's a, a, probably a really good point to finish on, that we live with God. Um, he gives like, it's not a tension, but the sense of he says, you know, you guard your heart, which I, I take to mean as well, like I entrust my heart to God ultimately. I know that my heart is safe with him as my ultimate safety. But then to love is to hurt, like to love is to be vulnerable and God calls us to love. So there's this, he, he kind of says, you can get your heart broken um, and you can allow it to be hurt, but ultimately I hold it in a way that it's it's safe eternally. If you keep on coming back to me, if you keep on um, letting me, yeah, restore and heal and process how it's been hurt and broken, we can go the distance. And you can keep on um, doing what I've asked you to do. And so, Jenny, hats off to you guys. You're my heroes. <laughs> I know we hate hearing that and we don't feel like don't heroes feel like and we know all the ways that we mess up. But, on a, um, yeah, I just want to honour you guys and thank you for stepping in on behalf of children and allowing your hearts to, um, yeah, be broken and, and coming in again and leaning in, it's um, it just, um, I don't want to speak on behalf of God, but I'm sure he delights in his children doing his work. So you guys are incredible. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, until next time, every child deserves a family. Love this podcast? If you're a regular listener of Faith and Fostering, please remember to subscribe and to share with your friends and family. We provide the podcast free of charge, but it isn't free to bring to you. So if you'd like to partner with us in continuing to bring you this content by supporting Faith and Fostering, please click the link in the show notes. Thanks for your support.